Fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Done right, it is. Welcome into the program. It is a Friday. Hey, the first full five-day work week of 2023. You made it through it. It's a Friday now. Hopefully you can enjoy the weekend. Pat yourself on the back, man, because it's well-deserved after the crazy week that we've had kicking off 2023 welcome into the program got a lot to get to today we're gonna have some fun broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in wichita kansas on our flagship radio station we are all over the country radio tv live streaming and podcasting however you watch or listen to the show always a pleasure we love you to death your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day no guest today Kind of an oddball program. No guests. You and I just chit in the chat for the hour. As I figured today was kind of a day to do a week in review. Obviously, we've kicked off 2023 with a bit of a chaos after the votes for the Speaker of the House last week. The bill's going on in D.C. this week. We have some legislation going on in different states over the last couple of days as well that I think is worth mentioning. And we'll get to all that and more on the program. So we are going to try and literally cram as much possibly as we can into the show in a one-hour time frame. Also, we have a lot of audio. We're going to play for you today as well. To kick it off, actually, is the latest, obviously, with the Biden classified documents. Not going to spend a whole lot of time on it, but it is bringing up an interesting perspective on what's going to be the focal point for Jim Jordan and the very first case that's going to be open for him as the new chairman of the Judiciary Committee. As he was on Fox and Friends earlier today saying this. Well, I think a ton of questions, you know, like the, the basic one, where's the raid? Where's the pictures? Where's the special counsel? What's a batch? What's that mean? We know it's more than one. So is this is this two documents? Is this 2000 documents? What's the location? Why was it lawyers doing the moving from the first location? I mean, normally when we move something, you get your relatives together, you buy pizza and you get a truck and you move things. But no, no, they had lawyers in there packing boxes and looking at things. So I think there are tons of questions. And maybe the most important is why did they wait to tell us? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, and, and, and frankly, what's happened since November 2nd until January 10th, January 11th, when we learned this information? So I think there's just tons of questions we have that, that you know, the, the, the press was all over this when it was President Trump. So again, I think the double standard is obvious, and then the tons of questions I think every American has. It's a great question. And Jim Jordan's going to be all over it. If anybody can pull an answer out of individuals, it's Jim Jordan with his tenacity as a lawyer and is the one that's going to be heading up the Judiciary Committee. And I applaud him for that. And it is such a weird scenario of the fact that these were locked away in a garage, even though Joe Biden says, well, it was a locked garage. So therefore, even though it was classified documents that I wasn't supposed to have and was not allowed to be taking out of the White House, it was locked just like a Glock because it was in my locked garage where I have my Corvette and I I have my car in there. I don't want anybody taking my Corvette. So it was locked. It's totally okay. Totally cool. If you have your locked vehicle and your locked garage with the classified document. Uh, I mean, disregard the ones that are in the University of Pennsylvania in the office there as well. Again, not going to spend a lot of time on this, but it's just weird how it all adds up. Why are lawyers scrummaging through your garage? 
and just so happened to come across these things. And like you said, where are the pictures as they put classified pictures? Oh, Donald Trump had classified documents. Look, see, we'll take a picture and put it all over the world on social media so that way you can see what classified documents there actually were because we're proving to you that he had classified documents. Joe Biden, well, it's classified. We need to just see. We're not going to give you any info. We're not going to raid. We're not going to do anything else. Very strange. So now we know what the first investigation may look like for Jim Jordan and the Judiciary Committee coming out of the House of Representatives. Uh, It's good. It's needed. I said it before at the beginning of the year, the only time, though, I really care about these investigations and these committees investigating Joe Biden or Hunter Biden or the laptops or China or anything else is if we see some type of outcome here. That's all I care about. I care about nothing more other than the information and an outcome. I want to see prosecutions. I want to see somebody in jail at the end of the day. I want to see something happen here. And again, the question lingers why this is being released now out of all times, especially when it was known about on November 3rd or 4th or whatever it was going into the midterm elections of 2022. That still raises a lot of eyebrows. That's all I have to say about it. Not going to bring it up anymore, but I know that you're probably burnt out on this topic and everybody's been talking about it for days on end. That's all we know right now. We don't have any other information. We may not have any other information for a while because the government is going to drag their feet left and right trying to make sure that you don't get it because Donald Trump still needs to be the focal point. Which, speaking of, they're they're already trying to create the distractions, obviously. I mean, they don't want Joe Biden to be the focal point. They have to kind of talk about it, but they don't want to ask the tough questions. So they'll mention it, and then they'll try and talk about something else on the Republican side to bring the attention back to Republicans. Kevin McCarthy's not working with Republicans. Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates is not working with Kevin McCarthy. The Republican Party's divided. And then you have the other investigation that they want to do, which is against George Santos, the congressman out of the 3rd District of the state of New York, which, as he lied on his resume to the constituents of the 3rd District about his qualifications, is that worth him leaving office for is another big question. But how big, honestly, is this story? Here's a here's a headline for you. Here's a news blast. Don't know if you're aware of this or not. Politicians lie. I know. I know. <laughs> Politicians lie, and there's nothing new here. Now, should he have done it? Absolutely not. Should he be reprimanded for it? Pro- probably, to some degree, whatever the investigation comes out for, based on how bad he actually did lie compared to what should have been on his resume, that he didn't go to a higher education uh, facility, which... It's not a big deal. Just don't lie about it. I don't care. I never. I, I went to a four-year college, and I left after two years without a degree on it because college is stupid in many cases. It's necessary in some. It's ridiculous in others. Don't lie about it. You don't need to lie that you went to some high-prestigious university. Just say, I didn't go. I am a good old boy from the streets that actually has street smarts and not book smarts, and I know how to get this Congress steered back into gear and get them on track. That's all you got to say. You could win people over that way. Donald Trump's never been a politician, and look how it worked out for him being president of the United States. You don't have to lie about your higher education, working for Goldman Sachs and all the other lies. uh, Sorry, the misleading, unintended uh, rewordings or bad wordings that he said, whatever his phraseology was uh, regarding those. Does he need to be reprimanded? He does to some degree. But how badly? I don't know. I mean, he's a politician. We know he's going to lie, and... The people still voted for him at the end of the day. Kevin McCarthy said this during his first press conference with the media, what was it, yesterday, two days ago, where he said this about George Santos. He's got a long way to go to earn trust. But the one thing I do know is you you apply the Constitution equal to all Americans. The voters of his district have elected him. 
He is seated. He is part of the Republican conference. There are concerns about it, so he will go before ethics. If anything is found to be have wrong, he will be held accountable exactly as anybody else in this body would be. That is the fair way to handle anything you go, and that's how I'll deal with any single issue that ever comes forward. That makes sense. I could see something like that. Now, again, is this being blown out of proportion? Probably. Because right now, while the Joe Biden administration is trying to recover from this Biden classified document leak, which, yes, I believe that he's being set up to some degree. As I mentioned yesterday, I think that Operation Joe Biden tripping down the stairs while trying to tie his shoe plan is underway. Because now that the Republicans have someone fighting, the Republican Party, while they may seem, quote unquote, broken, they're not really broken or torn. They're working in a conservative manner in the House of Representatives, and they can stop a lot of legislation. They realize that Joe Biden, who's gotten along with a lot of these long-term politicians for as long as he's been in office is not the right guy to be the feisty left-wing progressive hack that they need to put all the pressure on the Republicans because the Republicans thought they were going to cave under Kevin McCarthy and now they're not going to. So the operation is underway to remove Joe Biden or at least make sure he's not going to run for president again or to make sure that we could get him out just a little bit earlier because while he's not the right guy, we need a brass vocal very energized, very activist type of voice out there that's going to be blaming Republicans for issues that are going to be coming up. By, For example, and we're going to talk about this later on in the program, the U.S. debt ceiling that Kevin McCarthy and everybody said that we would have about until summertime to worry about, apparently, according to the Federal Reserve and Treasury Secretary Yellen, they say that we're out of money as of Thursday next week. Now, <laughs> hold on here. That's a big stretch between, oh, yeah, we don't have to worry about the debt ceiling issues until the summertime to, oh, no, 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 we just passed a $1.7 trillion financial omnibus package. Now we're going to run out of money in Thursday next week, the third week of January. We're out of money, baby. And the debate's already begun. So now the question is, will Republicans hold firm, which has been our big concern since the idea has been brought up about Kevin McCarthy being Speaker of the House. So we have that issue going on. We have the Joe Biden classified documents going on, and they want to worry about a politician that's lying on the Republican side of the aisle. And the question is why? Well, obviously, there's a very slim majority of Republican leadership in the House of Representatives with 222 votes compared to, what, the 214 that the Democrats have, whatever it is, they want him out. Because if they get him out, then there's a chance that there's a special election, which means that Democrats have a chance to win back one more seat and make that that make that Republican margin even more narrow than what it really is, which is kind of boggling to me. I was reading in a headline from NBCNewYork.com. What happens if George Santos resigns? Which he said he's not going to, so the only reason he would resign is if he's forced to do so. But according to NBCNewYork.com, under the House Vacancy Clause in the U.S. Constitution, states have, quote, executive authority to hold a special election if a seat in the House becomes vacant. Each state can determine its own timing and circumstances of the election. In the state of New York, Democrat Governor Kathy Hochul Hochul, would have 10 days to call a special election to replace Santos, which would have to be held between 70 to 80 days from the date of the proclamation. Now, this article specifically does not specify on the type of special election that needs to be held. And I don't know why Democrats are pushing us this badly, because at least under my understanding in the state that I live in, in the state of Kansas, if we have someone that resigns from a seat, 
you don't have a general special election for the entire district where the Democrat and Republicans put up a candidate and they run again. You don't do that. The Republican already won. It's just the Republican candidate that's stepping away, which means the Republican still holds that seat. It would be a special election, not from the general public, but from Republican precinct members within that district to choose another Republican candidate. So if Democrats are desperate to try and pull a seat away from Republicans and flip it back blue, because remember, this is a seat that George Santos flipped that was a blue Democrat stronghold that flipped red in this last election, and they want it back, and they're pushing hard to try and get it back. As long as, as far as out, maybe New York is different. If you have the information, you can email me at network at gmail.com. If New York's different, then fine. Here in Kansas, where I hail from with our flagship radio station, it would be a special election within the Republican caucus and precinct members to nominate a new Republican candidate. That's what happened when Mike Pompeo, anybody remember that name? Former Secretary of State, former CIA director. He was our congressman in our fourth district here in Kansas. When Trump got into office and nominated Donald or nominated Mike Pompeo to be CIA director, he resigned and stepped down. And under that vacancy clause, it deferred back to the state. And we as Kansas, we allowed the precinct members within this district to choose a new Republican. Democrats were not involved at all. It stayed Republican. We just had to choose what Republican candidate was going to fill the seat, which ended up leading to our current congressman, Ron Estes, who we just had on the program yesterday. If New York's anywhere the same, it wouldn't flip or even have a chance to go back to the general population for a blue ticket. It would stay red just under a different candidate. But they're desperate. And they're going to twist those as much as possible. The question is, how are they going to manipulate that election if it comes to that after an investigation at George Santos, which I think is still important to discuss, but blown way out of proportion for the distraction against what's going on under the Biden administration. Lots more coming up. Stay here. It's the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, we always love you to death. You have no idea how you're family to us. Welcome in. So, ABC News, CNBC, NBC New York, all of them all giddy about George Santos, the investor. And look, here's my take on it. Yes, he... If you lie to get into office, which is being paid for by your taxpayer money, you're essentially being subsidized for your job, and you lie about how you get there, should you be reprimanded? Absolutely, you should be. We See, here's the thing. Republicans, we at least we try to hold ourselves to a little bit higher standard than Democrats. So we can compare to what Democrats do, or just politicians in general, but at least we should be holding ourselves to a little bit higher standard. We don't just lie to do whatever we want to, and he needs to be reprimanded for that in some way, shape, or form. Does that mean leaving office? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, can the big question for me is, can he do the job? And Kevin McCarthy said that he uh, pretty much said it right, where he said, well, I mean, he's not going to be on any crazy special committees getting highly classified information. He needs to prove his trustworthiness. He's going to be investigated, and then we'll go from there. I mean, it's not out of our hands. It's out of our hands. We we can't really do much more than that outside of an ethics committee investigating him. And if they recommend that he leave, then he leave. Now, again, I still think the process, at least where I'm at, they would say, okay, a Republican won. 
we're not putting up a new general election for the population. It would just be for the Republicans to choose the candidate, which, by the way, reiterates the point that, number one, that you need to vote. And I know a lot of people get angry with this. I know they do, but I don't care. Party over person in the general election. The quality of the party is based on who you vote for in the primaries. The general election is a very simple, do you like Republicans and Republican special interests, or do you like Democrats and Democrat special interests? You're not going to get in as a third party. You're very rarely going to get in as an independent party. It's based on the money, on the mass amount of exposure, on the mass amount of power, and the most amount of people that are registered under that party. The decision's already made and done by the time you get to a general election. It also shows that if you want to be involved in your local party and get involved in politics on the local level, becoming a precinct committee person is one of the most important jobs that you can do because when something like this does happen, you as the precinct committee person gets to have one of the loudest voices out there to decide who's going to replace them as the new Republican or Democrat candidate based on whatever party you affiliate with. Kind of a big deal, is it not? So local activism at the local, that's the biggest thing that you can do is just be a committee person, a precinct person, and that's all you have to do. You help campaign, and you help organize things in your little precinct, and then when elections come up like this, you get called up to actually make the decision for the general population in that district moving forward until the next general election. How cool is that? But Democrats, man, they're they're focusing on this for the distraction away from Joe Biden, from the distraction away from Democrat policies that are going to be stopped here relatively quickly, and to focus on how bad and corrupt Republicans are when we could look at the lies from Joe Biden over the last however many years, really, the years that he's been in office, what, 50 years? <laughs> we could talk about that, how he's lied. Oh, I'm at the top of my class from my law school. No, you're not. You graduated like 80th out of 100. You barely made it, but you did it, so congratulations on that. You lied about that. We had Elizabeth Warren with her Pocahontas episode where she's won 127,000th whatever of Native American. Those are the lies that they give every single day for their own personal perks, and while they walk in making absolutely nothing and they walk away from Congress making millions upon millions of dollars, hell, you have Stacey Abrams now in the state of Georgia who's lost two major governor's races, has not held an important seat in political office really in her entire career. She walked into the first governor's race making just over $100,000 and now walking away now, still not in political office, being worth over $3 million. Some of these things just don't add up. The things that make you go, hmm. And they're worried about George Santos lying on his resume, which, again, I am as well. But on the comparable levels of lying in D.C., is this really what we need to be focused on? Come on, man. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about some statewide legislation around certain parts of the country. Also, the debt ceiling coming up right around the corner, hot and heavy as well. Plus, we'll wrap up the show with some fun news at the top of the next hour as well. Lots more coming up. It is a Friday here on The Voice of Reason. Reason With Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, it is. Reason, common sense rationale. Welcome back into the program. Always a pleasure to have you along for the ride. Last half hour here on the show for a Friday. No guests today. It's normally not a thing. You and I just chit in the chat, looking eye to eye across the adult beverage stand, trying to find the proper one. 
wondering when we can bring our freedom back into this country. Trying to cram that 10-pound reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. I don't tell you this enough, but every time I mention it, then it goes up a little bit. So I guess I better mention it to you again. As we have a podcast, and after the show every single day, we upload this show. as a, We cut out the commercials. And that way, it's just commercial-free for you. You can listen to it. You can enjoy everything that we say, and you can cram the one-hour program into about 43 minutes of content because that's honestly really about how much we actually talk every day uh, for 42, 43 minutes. But we upload it as a podcast, and it's very easy to find. It's on any podcasting site that you have, whether it's Apple Music or Google Play or TuneIn if you listen to the streams there, or if you uh, Podbean if you know what that is, or Amazon Music or iTunes or whatever. It doesn't matter. We're on all of them. All you got to do is search The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier and it'll pop up. You'll see My Ugly Mug. You can subscribe so that way you can download it every single day. You can listen to the program every time we upload it, which is shortly after the program. We also, when we have interviews that are recorded on the program, when we can't get them live, we usually go a bit longer and then we air a portion of it on the show, on the radio program. But then if you're a podcast listener, then you can actually listen to the extended because I'll upload that as a special feature to where you can get the extended version of the conversation, which in my opinion is some really great content you don't want to miss. Because you know me, I don't ask stupid questions. It, there's a lot of guests and there's a lot of radio hosts out there that when they get a guest, they'll have like pre-asked questions or, you know, kind of a, like a talk form of here's the question you can ask the guest. I never do those. For those that see me and watch the video feed, here it is right here. Here are my notes. And I have notes. I know the direction I'm going to go. I know the show prep that I've done and what I want to talk about. And then we just kind of ad lib from there because I can't read scripts. I'm horrible at that. And I do not ask the questions. I'm going to ask the questions that are pertinent and that are important. And if they don't like it, then I don't really care. There are a few guests who have not come back on this program because I did not stick to the script that they wanted me to do so. So there's my pitch. Check it out. The podcast, The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You can subscribe or you can find all of the links on our website at HoosierReason.com. That's H-O-O-S-E-R Reason.com. Hoosier without the I, HoosierReason.com. All right, let's get into the latest and what's trending again. What's trending today? So I didn't know what direction I really wanted to go in this segment because there's way too many things to talk about. But here's the segue and the lead into this. According to Breitbart, Joe Biden, president of the United States. How you, you feeling all right there, buddy? Doing all right today? I know you're a little you're struggling. You're getting older. And now you have this classified document issue. You're probably a little stressed. What do you think? I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. <laughs> Just make it sure. Make it sure. He's a jackass. Oh, come on. Come on, man. So Joe Biden has officially accepted the invitation from newly elected Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, for the State of the Union address that is set to be on February 7th. And I want to hear an over-under for you, which you can email me, network at gmail.com, or you can send me a message on the live streams that we have going on right now as well. Uh, what you think is going to be the focal point of Joe Biden, because very rarely... Does a president ever say that the State of the Union is bad, especially when they're in their second term or when they're getting into the end of their term? Very rarely do they say, yeah, things are crap. Things are horrible because they can't. They can't say that because that means that their administration has been a failure. So he's going to say the that the State of the Union is good. Or at least getting better. If you remember when he first got into office, he tried to say, well, the state of the economy is recovering. The state of the union is recovering or it's getting better or it's on the uptrend because Donald Trump was evil and now we're going to fix it. We're going to turn it around and it's going to be great moving forward. That's what they usually say at the beginning. And by the end, they're like, everything's hunky dory. 
Now, that's coming at the time where we had Kevin McCarthy just two days ago sitting on Sean Hannity's program talking about the debt ceiling and how the debt ceiling was going to be coming up by summertime and how we could potentially be working together by then to avoid the chicken stare down that we're going to have coming into the debt ceiling with Democrats wanting to raise the debt ceiling again and Republicans saying that they want to get the budget under control. Remember that conversation? It doesn't have to come to that. I've already spoken to the president. Let's sit down now. Let's find a way that we can both come together to actually curve the rising debt that we have. We'll work with anybody, but we're also one branch in here. We control Congress. And you know what? We have funding powers. And we want to utilize it to represent the American public. We don't want to put us in any jeopardy whatsoever, but we won't, don't want to just have this runaway spending, what they've had, increasing 30% in, in four years. How much no time American do you have household. before this debt ceiling? We have probably the summertime. The summertime. Now, that was just said two days ago, which means either they didn't know or they lied, because here's the latest headline for you. What's trending today? According to CNBC, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has officially notified Congress today that the U.S. will hit the debt ceiling limit on Thursday next week. (laughs) We thought we had until summertime. Oh, no. The debt ceiling has officially hit Thursday next week, which means the debate has been expedited all the way up here. Now, she says she just notified Congress, which means maybe, and I believe Kevin McCarthy, I don't think he really knew, but it's not surprising the fact that we just spent $1.7 trillion during an omnibus package right around Christmas time, and we're not four weeks away from the signing of that and two weeks into the month of January, and we already have reached our budget for the year on how much we're allowed to spend and how much government is actually allowed to go beyond their actual budget. It's not surprising, but yet it's shocking that we've hit it so early on three weeks into the month, Thursday next week, and we've already hit our debt ceiling. So the question is now, what are we going to do? What are we gonna, We have all year left. The Democrats have massive projects that they're working on. Republicans even want to do spending on certain investments, quote-unquote, which means we're out of money. Everything that's allotted is done. We cannot do additional things throughout the rest of the year. And if you remember, the federal budget ends at the end of September is the fiscal year ending. October 1st is the fiscal year of 2024 that actually begins. We have nine months that we have to worry about a debt ceiling now because it's already hit. And according to CNBC, Treasury Secretary Yellen notified Congress about reaching the statutory debt limit on Thursday next week, asking House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to either suspend or increase the debt limit. Can either increase it or just get rid of the limit altogether and we'll just do what we need to. That's their solution. Now, this is the same gal that lied to us completely about inflation before we hit our 9% inflation last year. She said this. Is there a risk of inflation? Um, I, I think there's a small risk, and I think it's manageable. I don't anticipate that inflation is going to be a problem, <laughs> but it is something that we're watching very carefully. Yeah, then we hit 9, 9.5% inflation rates across the nation. And when asked about it on CNBC again, she responded, Well, um, look, I, I think I was wrong then. Oh, <laughs> I think I was wrong. Oh, no, I think I was wrong. Oh, no. Yellen wrote to the Treasury Department that they will begin, quote, taking certain extraordinary measures to prevent the United States from defaulting on its obligations. The rhetoric has already begun. 
The debt ceiling ends on Thursday. We have less than a week to deal with this, which means we could be seeing a government shutdown here in the next week, which is awesome. But the Treasury Department now says that they are taking extraordinary measures. Not just measures, we're just going to figure it out. We're going to do it. No, they're taking extraordinary measures to prevent the U.S. from defaulting on the obligations. As she said, McCarthy quote, it is unlikely the cash and extraordinary measures will be exhausted before early June. Failure to meet the government's obligations would cause unbearable harm to the U.S. economy, the livelihoods of all Americans, and the global financial stability. (laughs) Unless, Unless you completely suspend the debt limit and let us spend as much as needs to be, or at least you raise it in an extreme amount here that can get us through to spend more and more and more money for the next nine months before the fiscal year ends at the end of September. Unless you do that, then it will shake up the entire global financial stability. McCarthy, the ball is in your court. Now, for the last two weeks, as we've said so many times on this program, that that was the one concern that we have, especially as conservatives, is how far can he be pushed before he bends and cowers to the Democrats with a threat of government shutdown. When the Democrats propose a bill, when the president tries to propose a bill, when the debt ceiling comes up, when a budget comes up, and the Republicans say they're unwilling to extend the federal budget, when they say they're unwilling to increase more spending and they want to decrease it, how far will they go in fighting for that before they cower? When the media says either you do this or else... Everybody will die in the streets and the global financial stability will come crumbling down and you will be the destruction of the entire global network. How far are Republicans willing to go to say no? Remember the old uh, D.A.R.E. programs in school? Just say no. That's what it needs to be. And according to McCarthy, we don't have to come to that, that we can work with the Democrats. We can find a compromise. We don't even have to get to the point of playing chicken on who's going to cower and cave in first. It doesn't have to come to that. I've already spoken to the president. Let's sit down now. Let's find a way that we can both come together to actually curve the rising debt that we have. I don't know that we can do that. Democrats are unwilling. They don't see the debt as an issue in any way, shape or form. They don't care. They don't care. Raise the debt ceiling or just remove it, suspend it completely to let us do what we have to do. We have nine months yet in this year to spend on a lot more projects. You know what needs to happen? And I doubt it's going to happen. But having the power of the purse as the House representatives, what needs to happen is for them to freeze the entire $1.7 trillion omnibus package from December, freeze it completely, reevaluate it, and pass something new as a replacement and say, "We'll, we'll abide by it up until the end of January, but we're doing something new from February on. We're not going to continue on with this madness because that bill alone already spent our entire budget and capped us at our our credit card debt ceiling cap for the rest of the year with nine months left to go. That's unsustainable. We need to reevaluate right now. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into it. we got a few minutes left here of the show. We can have a long road ahead of us because if this would have happened in the summertime, meaning hitting the debt ceiling for the nation, and I know people economically, maybe the gloss over, don't really care about this, 
We can't discuss social issues. We can't discuss any other political issues out there unless we have a stable country that is stable economically. Because if that doesn't happen, then who cares? Who get, There's nothing else that can happen. They could completely bust the economy. We all fall into a major recession. We're all asking for government bailouts. We're all asking for the government to take care of us and help us out. And guess what? Then we are stuck at the whim of the government to do anything they want to because we have no way of actually sustaining ourselves. I know that economic issues are tough and that maybe it's not the sexiest thing to talk about, even though I'm a nerd and I enjoy them personally. I know it's not the sexiest thing, especially on radio, to talk about, but it's probably the most important because if that doesn't happen, then nothing else happens. So now we have a difficult decision to make, and I encourage hold the line, hold the line, hold the line, because now if this would have happened in the summertime with the end of the debt ceiling in June, July, they could have been like, all right, you know what, we'll just... Float until September. We'll do an extension of something. We'll just continue it on a continuing resolution for two months. And Republicans maybe would have balked a little bit at it, but it wouldn't have been a big issue because they say, you know what, we'll do a continuing resolution for two or three months. Then when the new fiscal budget hits, fiscal year hits in October 1st, then we'll have a brand new budget that will be the 12 appropriations bills, an actual budget in place that will do some cutting, that will do some looking at different agencies and where we need money, where we don't need money, what we can, what can we can cut, what we can just get rid of completely, what we can downsize on. And we can have those conversations. The fact that it's happening now, at the beginning, about halfway through the fiscal year and the beginning of the new year, we have nine months to deal with this crap. And you're not going to say that they're going to shut down the government for nine months. Of course not. I mean, that would be bad. Everybody would die in the streets, right? We can't, we can't, <laughs> can't be doing that. That would be, to- what does Bernie Sanders say? It is totally absurd. Totally absurd. We don't want that. So what's going to happen now? Republicans, you're going to have to stand firm on this because this is the very first test, and it's the test that we were all majorly concerned about. You're out of money in January. What are you going to do for the next nine months of obviously just basic fundamentals and operation of government is going to cost money, plus whatever else is going to happen if the recession actually hits? which every economic expert say. If you look at the stock market, every bank is downsizing their shares right now because they're stockpiling money in preparation for defaulting on the loans that they have out there from the private sector. They know a recession's coming. But yet Yellen, oh, inflation's not going to happen. I don't know about it. It's just, uh, this recession that's going to happen. Inflation's not going to be out there. We're not going to have to worry about this. Oh, by the way, we're out of money. You need to suspend the debt ceiling or else we're going to default on everything. The first major test coming way sooner than what we are anticipating. That is a little bit concerning. And again, Republicans need to just freeze the bill from that $1.7 trillion. They just need to just freeze it. But that's not going to happen because they only control one portion of the legislature. The Senate's not going to. I would think they should, but they're not going to. Just freeze it, reevaluate it. Again, this, this is the problem. And you can thank Mitch McConnell for this one. On the Senate side, you can thank him for allowing it to go through the Senate because they had a more narrow margin then before the transition than what we do now, where Democrats ended up uh, maintaining, if not gaining, a seat in the U.S. Senate. And Mitch McConnell allowed it to go through instead of saying, we're just going to do a continuing resolution until the new Congress gets in and then we take over and figure it out from there. But instead, they ran this through and now we're out of money. Can you do that with your credit card? You know, we're just going to suspend the limit on your credit card. 
We're just going to suspend that. I got some bills to pay. I have nine months to get through where we're paying all our bills on that credit card. I can't sustain that or else it's going to be financial ruins. I'm just going to extend it here. Is that going to be okay? Sure. Is that all right, bank? Sure. Why not? Absolute insanity. That was the first thing. There was so much more I wanted to get to today, too. There were some other next week. Stay tuned because next week there are some bills coming out of state legislators uh, as we bounce around the country and talk about some of these bills that are kind of interesting. Missouri, I love Missouri to death, but Missouri is kind of crazy right now. Got to admit, Missouri, they uh, they were the ones that were trying to punish individuals from going out of state to perform abortions because they banned abortions in the state. I applaud you for that. We don't like abortions either. But they were trying to go after individuals that were leaving the state, which I think is a little excessive. Now they proposed a piece of legislation on forcing women in the legislature to cover their arms. I'm sure that we have major, way bigger issues to address in the state of Missouri. Could be wrong. I don't live in Missouri, but it's kind of weird. Isn't it? Is that what we need to focus on? And why, why, why? Need to cover your arms. Kind of a stranger. We'll do some of that next week. Until then, though, have a great weekend. Realize that we have some major battles ahead. It's going to be a fun one next week. Until then, though, how do we do? We do all right today? Just when you think this show is terrible, something wonderful happens. What? It ends. (laughs) Good to know. This is the voice reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Have a great weekend.